1: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is a Friday edition of the podcast, and it will be a football Friday edition of the podcast. Tonight, Rio Hondo Prep will take on the Temple City Rams uh, in a regular season matchup, the Cares 3-0, and Temple City 0-3 on the very young season. Uh, today, uh, in honor of that game, We are going to be joined by one of the best players to ever go through Temple City High School. He played at USC for a few years in the early 2000s, in the glory days, we'll say. So uh, we're going to be joined today by Desmond Reed. Uh, Thank you to Sean O'Leary for help setting this up. My good friend, former baseball coach, who was on the podcast on Monday talking to me about the Rio and Temple City game. Uh, It is my privilege to... Have uh, Desmond Reed on the program today. Very much looking forward to this. He and I have never talked before, but uh, looking forward to having a conversation with him about football, uh, USC, Temple City, what what life has been like for him since his playing days. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it and bring on former USC running back Desmond Reed. Okay, it's an honor to be joined by former USC running back Desmond Reed, a member of the class of 2003 from Temple City High School. Our alma maters are playing each other this Friday night, uh, Rio Hondo Prep against Temple City High, Uh, arguably their hands down best ever player who who, uh, played for the Rams there. Uh, Desmond Reed, it's a pleasure to have you on the Get Home Safe podcast. Uh,
0: Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me, man. Looking forward to it.
1: Hey, man, you got the nice background there. For those not watching on YouTube, you got the Coliseum. It's empty. It looks like you're you're coming out of the tunnel, man. A lot of good memories on that field, huh?
0: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, when traded for the world and, uh, you know, now that everything's going on at USC, I'm kind of looking forward to us getting back to our glory days.
1: Yeah, well, you were there during the glory days, man. You redshirted in 03 and then you, you were played uh, 4 through 7 on two national championship teams. I don't care what anyone says about taking one away. There were two national championships, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you played uh, there, the Rose Bowl, 6 the most legendary college football game ever, unfortunately, with Texas winning. Uh, but uh, let's let's get right to that, uh, Desmond, and talk about the recent news with your alma mater. USC fires coach Hay- Clay Helton two games into the 2021 season what are your initial thoughts man
0: oh i I love the move um honestly he's a great guy uh his players seem to love him but uh when you have 18 19 20 year old kids students young adults whatever you may you want to call it they need discipline and that was one thing that he didn't um deliver and uh you know make a big part of his uh of, of his experience at sc um and um You know, I just think that that allowed for a lot of mistakes, missing assignments, missing tackles. Uh, He kind of held his program as as if it's NFL guys, like they're good enough to get here. So therefore, they they should know uh, how to act or how to practice, how to, um, you know, be students of the game. And when you have students that young, all these distractions going on, uh, you need to do more. And I think that was his main issue. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm. excited for the move and just looking forward to the future and hopefully we can get back to our glory days.
1: Yeah. You got that right. And what's crazy is Desmond, you know, after the stability of Pete Carroll, uh, your, your former coach, you know, they've had three consecutive coaches now that were fired. I mean, uh, in the middle of the season, this is by far the earliest, but it just seems like the program the past few years, even before Clay Helton has just not been in a good place. And when you're firing coaches, the last three in the middle of the season. I mean, that's not really the standard USC is used to, uh, is used to playing with.
0: No, I agree. Um, And, you know, you don't want to be known as the program that does that, but at the same time is if the coaches that you do have aren't delivering, um, you know, it's time for them to go and kind of give your, your uh, players a fresh start. And, uh, you know, some positive, um, something positive for the program. Um, Honestly, I think that, Clay Helton should have been let go two years ago, uh, but we didn't have a president at the time and we had a new athletic director and he didn't want to come in and, and uh, make any um, changes right away. And then COVID saved Clay Helton as well, in my belief because we didn't play Alabama the first game of the season. Oof. And uh, you know, if we would have last year, you know, it, it probably would have ended up ugly and uh, you know, he might've got let go the first game of the season last year. So, um, you know, I think it's one year too late cause we had a chance to get a coach like urban Myers and now he's off the market. So, um, you know, looking forward to the changes.
1: What's interesting to me is that it was done two games in after one loss, but it was such a bad loss. I mean, you're down 21, nine points in the fourth quarter to one of your conference rivals in Stanford and yeah. the, the way in which you're losing, you're getting pushed around, you're making mistakes. I mean, it's, it's one, it's the same things we've seen the past few years. So it was surprising to me to see it happen so early, but I think the theory is let's just get this over with so that we have time to find somebody new. I mean, what are your thoughts on how early it was done in the season and then who are some potential candidates you, you think they might or should go after? Well, that's a
0: good question. Um, So number one is uh, yeah, it was a bad game against Stanford. Um, Stanford is a, you know, they have a good program. Obviously they're not the top. Uh, they're, they're not at their a game right now either. Um, and so we were expecting to win that game being a ranked team, uh, at home as well. Yeah. At home. Um, yeah, something like that shouldn't, should, shouldn't happen. Uh, but Stanford plays tough, tough, tough nose football. And that's what I love about Stanford and their coach up there, coach Shaw. Um, and if you're not, if you're not, uh, ready or prepared, they're going to, they're going to smack you in the mouth. And, um, that's exactly what happened. And we like, once again, we shouldn't have lost that game, but just imagine if we we're playing one of these sec schools or, or, <sighs> um, you know, even a team like Oregon or UCLA right now, the way they're, uh, they're rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it would have been the same results. And so we, uh, we need a change. We need to toughen up uh, and uh, strengthen our core. And, and um, I think that's where, that's where I think we're headed in the right direction. Uh, hopefully Uh, We'll see with the new coach and, um, you know, the changes that he makes. Um, But as far as coaching candidates, um, you know, that's, that's a tough one. Uh, You know, I know a couple of years ago we offered, uh, what was it, Chris Peterson. Uh, You know, I'm not sure his personality uh, is a good fit for LA lifestyle and recruiting uh, down here in LA, but Um, obviously he's a good coach. I mean, we really might have to steal somebody from, uh, one of the programs that, you know, they're not as big as an SC. Um, and hopefully this would be like their dream job. We can steal them away. I really don't have too many candidates in mind. Chris Richard actually is one big one that's been coming up amongst me and, um, you know, some of the alumni and old teammates. Uh, you know, he's an SC guy. He knows the culture. He played, um, you know, here, obviously he coached up in Seattle with Pete Carroll, um You know he coached the Dallas Cowboys, um, so he's he's he knows the type of uh, talent that he needs to get those guys to the NFL, but also to build a great program. So uh, he would probably be one of the top choices for me right now. And um, just I guess I need to do some more research to see who else is out there and
1: we can yeah. possibly steal away. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, I think Chris Peterson obviously comes to mind. He did great work at Boise and Washington. Uh, you know, says he's done for now. He's doing the Fox analyst thing. Uh, I, I look at alumni, you know, potentially Jack Del Rio, who's coached in the, NF, uh, in the NFL mm-hmm. and a great alumni there. So it's interesting to me when, well, like like you said, well, I don't know if he would fit LA type of thing. The same thing was said about uh, Ed Ogeron, right? And all he does is go wins a national title at, at LSU because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't fit or whatever. But, um, and they're struggling now. So, you know, who knows? It's, it's, it's a fine balance, right? And finding that SC connection uh, and just the guy that can fit LA. But ultimately it's the guy that, can produce uh, the best talent on the field for the Trojans.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think we that was a blown opportunity letting go Coach O. Um, he was there when I was at FC. Uh, you know, I to say Pete Carroll is a player's coach. He's all fun and games and high energy. And Ed Ogeron was the dog, and <laughs> he was the one that, um, you know, would instill toughness and uh, discipline. And, uh, you know, he would jump down your throat if you messed up. And, uh, you know, so I got a lot of that my, my shirt freshman year. But after I kind of, you know, got my things in order and, and uh, bought into the program, uh, you know, he, he became uh, one of my favorite coaches and uh, he loved me. And, um, you know, I think we blew the opportunity because he was the interim head coach twice when <laughs> Sark got fired, but also when Kiffin got fired, I guess, first. Um, and he had a, a winning record. I think he was like five and one. Uh, one year, maybe six and one another year. Um, can't remember his exact record, but he showed that he could win. He showed that he had the respect of his players. He showed that they came prepared as well. And um, he's also a great recruiter. And, uh, you know, once again, we we let him go and he went to LSU and won a national championship. So, um, you know, we haven't won a national championship in, uh, since 2005, I guess. Uh, so, you know, that could have been our championship obviously different players, different staff, but you know, I think that he's building a, a good thing down there. They're struggling this year, but um, you know, I think they just need to find themselves and get back to, you know, LSU type of football.
1: You know, I, I hear all the time, all oh, those players love him. Oh, they love playing for him. I, yeah. I would think that's the, not just him, but I, you hear that phrase said a lot and it's just like, yeah. okay, I can't imagine there's too many players that don't, love the guy they're playing for or want to run through a wall for or 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 tell me because i haven't been to your level i mean or or does that happen is it where we don't really like this guy maybe at times or we've given up on him does that really happen
0: yeah so you're right most players do love coaches and that's just that's just how it's going to go because you know it's a you're you're in a trenches together you know um and you you're going you're going to war every game uh and so, um, you know, you build that, you build that 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 love type of relationship and father figure as well. Um, but the difference is, is that, you know, you look at coaches like Edo, you look at uh, Edo drawing you look at coaches like Nick Saban, um, uh, Bill Belichick. Some of these guys are just, you know, you seeing them chew guys out on the sideline when they mess up. And a lot of people go, I can never play for him. I never want to play for him. Yeah, but the, the difference is, is that when you play for a coach like that, they're going to dog you when you mess up, but they're also going to love you when you do great. And they're going to show you that love. and They're going to show you their appreciation for your hard work and your sacrifice. And um, you couldn't ask for anything better because they want the best from you as a player. And especially as a college coach, if you get the best out of me, that means that hopefully I can now, um, you know, I'm sharpening my tools to get me ready for NFL. And, uh, you know, and that's where, you know, 99% of these guys their dreams to go to nfl and so you know it's all worth it day, you know getting cussed out when you screw up um but you know that just makes you a better player at the end of the day
1: you never had to deal with this in college because you had a great uh, staff and a great team but for those players right now maybe you had uh, friends or whatever who went through this at other schools who had coaches fired. What do you think the players emotions are right now that their head coach has been fired two years in they've, they've or two, two games in, and yeah. they've been hearing this for years now. Do do you think players feel this like sense of guilt or like, Oh man, this is our fault. How do you think players are reacting to this?
0: Uh, You know, they're, they're probably just disappointed. I don't think they feel guilty um, because, you know, well, hopefully they don't. Um, oh, yeah, I never had the I never had the experience of a coach being fired, um, but hopefully they don't feel guilty because you know and, and because their the their performance is not really uh, make or break that coach getting fired right. It's a collective. It's a whole. It's a it's built up over the last couple of seasons. It's it's not just one game. It's not just one play. Um, and so uh, I hope they don't. They don't feel guilty from it. They're just probably feeling down because there was he was their man, you know. He was their coach, um, and uh, and now they got to make a change, a shift. And so the new coach, it's on him to get these guys, you know, fired back up uh, to get them focused on on the next goals, um, you know, next team, uh, next man up. Uh, so you know, get ready and and hopefully a lot a lot of fire on these guys uh, because. Not only did they lose their coach, but you got to remember they got smacked in the face mm. that's more important let's let's fix what what that what happened in that game so that it doesn't happen moving forward
1: mm. I like it man well well we'll come back to u s c uh, talk talk about your playing days uh in, in a little bit, but yeah hopefully the the program can get back on track They still got ten games left to play, so a lot of work to be done man uh, but anyway desmond let let's talk uh, briefly about. Uh, you playing days, uh, in high school. And we'll talk a lot about USC, but, uh, this Friday, our alma maters are playing. Um, you know, back when you were in high school, it was the same year as me actually. And, uh, you know, I played at a small school. We would never competed with you guys, but, uh, you had an incredible senior year your entire high school career, really, at Temple City. But I'll just read a few stats from your senior year. For those uh, that don't know, your senior year, uh, 80 tackles, nine interceptions as a defensive back, this is 2002. And on offense and wide receiver, you ran for 1,200 yards. You caught 46 passes for 80 yards. uh, And you scored 29 touchdowns, including a California state record of eight while returning kicks, uh, four on kickoffs and four on putt you set six school records in 2002 so uh it's been almost 20 years I mean uh what what do you remember about those those days man
0: you know uh <clears throat> some good days man some really good days you know um uh you know I learned a lot came in uh you know as a pretty good pop Warner or uh, player you know thinking that I was uh pretty legit and uh, you know, I was doing pretty well, you know, with summer ball, summer league on uh, a freshman team. And then I got pulled up to varsity and, uh, you know, I'm getting crap from my freshman teammates. And I'm getting crap from the senior guys thinking that I'm not good enough. And, you know, you don't deserve to be here and uh, all of that as well. And, you know, I had to put my head down. I fought with them a little bit at first, but, um, you know, just defending myself. But I had to put my head down and, and prove myself. And, um, you know, for the first three games, I didn't even play. Uh, my, my freshman year and I, you know, went to the coach and it's like, uh, you know, why am I even on, on the team if I'm not going to play? And um, uh, we had a couple of injuries happen and I was able to get on the field and, uh, you know, kind of stayed on the field after that. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really, um, you know, it, it, it was really amazing to just play with so many different guys, uh, starting with our seniors to, And, you know, when they graduated to play with the the juniors that became seniors and then the sophomores that became juniors and then all of my friends, uh, you know, that became juniors uh, and joined varsity as well. So it was was a great experience. You know, I I wouldn't trade it for the world. I literally would work my butt off, you know, um, just trying to get better every day, trying to get better. And uh, that's what I strive for.
1: Well, I don't know how you ran for all those yards on that, uh, that field uh, surface, man. I've been on that field, and I, I'm imagining it couldn't have been that good back then. Kind of <laughs> un- unstable playing ground, man. I don't, I don't think they have turf now, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, not the smoothest of uh, field surfaces.
0: Yeah, it was an old-school type of field uh, uh, where, you know, it kind of mounded in the middle of the field and, you know, <laughs> sort of water could flow off to the edges, and, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, in the beginning of the season, the field was awesome. Yeah. Uh, You know, three weeks in, four weeks in uh, into the season it's torn up and, you know, it's half half dirt and half grass. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience going to Temple City. And, you know, honestly, while I was there, I didn't even know about different records and all of that. It was just, you know, trying to, you know, put my best effort on the field, leave it all on the field as well. You know, I played both ways Um, and, uh, you know, trying to do whatever I could for my team to win.
1: I can't believe anyone would uh, kick to you after, you know, a couple kick return for touchdowns is like, uh, I think it's a bad idea. Eight eight kick returns for a touchdown your senior year. And uh, what, uh, if you had to sum, what was one of your favorite memories from playing uh, football for the Temple city Rams? Uh,
0: that's a great question. Um, favorite memories from playing ball at Temple city. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> That's a, that's a good one. I mean, I had, you know, one of my favorite memories is, um, you know, playing South pass. I think I had like a six touchdown game and I scored, you know, I returned a kickoff return. I uh, returned a fumble return. I think I returned the interception for a touchdown. Uh, and then I had three on offense. I rushed one. I think I received one and uh I forget how I scored another one, but yeah, I believe I had six touchdowns. I can't remember any, all the nice. ways that I scored, but I was, that was a pretty awesome moment, but um, yeah.
1: My buddy, Sean O'Leary, who's your good friend. Yeah. He said, yeah, d- he scored uh, a touchdown, a rushing receiving punt kickoff and, and interception in the same game. So that must've been the game he, he, he told me about uh, that's pretty cool. Pretty special. Just an all around great player. Um, you know, back to Sean O'Leary now. So um uh, Uh, He's a baseball coach. I've umpired a lot of his games and such. And he would always tell me, I know Desmond Reed He's one of my best friends and this and that. And so uh, he told me a story about the first day you guys met, you were like, I don't know, uh, nine, nine or 10 years old, maybe. Uh, Do do you remember that? You remember that, that day? And what that, (laughs) how did that all go down?
0: Yeah, I remember the day. Uh, It's pretty funny. It's like etched into my brain because uh, I was 10 years old. I moved from Alabama to California And, uh, you know, I used to go play basketball at the local park and there's, you know, baseball diamonds there. And, um, you know, I I hear I hear this coach yelling at players, you know, telling them what to do and, you know, how to ground the ball and, um, you know, tag a person at first and all that. And uh, as I got closer, I see that it wasn't a coach. It was a shortstop. and It was Sean O'Leary uh you know uh, which is pretty funny because i thought he was a coach out there yelling but he was i guess a player's coach uh (laughs) (laughs) players coach at 10 years old um the, the kid really knew the game uh but yes i went over to the coach and the real coach uh and asked him if i could play or sign up and he said i couldn't because uh you know registration already happened the season's already started um Uh, and then I offered that, you know, being a little smart, I like him, well, if I race your fastest player and I beat him, uh, can I join a team? And, uh, I don't, it didn't quite work out that way, but I did race one of their players and I think I beat him. Uh, and, um, so that's kind of how Sean, Sean O'Leary and myself, how we met. And I think the following year we played together on Pop Warner football team. So, uh, we've been friends ever since. And, uh, I was the best man in his wedding as well.
1: Yeah, he told me that. And he told me that uh, he talked about those those Pop Warner days. He said, yeah, it's the only time I, I played uh, football was Pop Warner. And I just I uh, used to just run alongside Desmond like he did everything. And we were yeah, we scored. We scored. So uh, <laughs> not much to be done for Sean. No, he's had a great baseball career uh, coaching and uh, obviously playing, too. He, he told me that, you know, uh, baseball might have been even uh, a better sport. He said you were good at everything you did. Did you play all the sports all the time? Yeah, so uh I started playing
0: baseball when I was in sixth grade, I believe. Sixth grade, yeah, sixth grade. And um uh, you know, I did play all the sports. I played basketball, baseball, and football mainly. I did a little track uh when I was in high school, like in the off season. or it was during baseball season, so I would kinda of fill in doing like league finals and stuff just to kinda of help out our team. Um but yeah, I was I was to be honest with you, I was probably better at baseball than I was at football. <laughs> um, just because it came to me naturally, I was I was a pretty good hitter and I had a really good arm. And as when I was younger, you know, I was trying to be really cool like the real baseball players and play shortstop. But I could feel the grounder, but I wasn't always I wasn't consistent enough to really be the starting shortstop. So I got moved to outfield, and that was a position I should have had. It was center field, um, and. Uh, yeah, if, I just didn't love the sport. It was, to me, it was boring. Games are yeah. awesome, but practice, you know, you got to practice base running drills, bunt drills, um, you know, uh, defensive drills as well. Um, you know, batting obviously was fun, but everything else, uh, you know, wasn't as fun. And, uh, you know, I didn't love that. I didn't love the sport like I did football. And I guess, you know, having the contact uh, with football and even practice is fun because you still get to hit people. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but if, if I was, if I could do it all over, you know, if I could do it all over again, i would probably do the same thing. But if I was smart about my decision, uh, and probably wanted to have a longer career, I would have, I would have stuck with baseball and rolled that out.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. That's uh, Hey, it's, it is tough. Baseball's weird that way. It's like this grind and you gotta just have this patience to, to work hard, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm sure you would have been great. Uh, did you run track? Did you play basketball also?
0: Yeah, so I played a uh, point guard um, on the basketball team um, as well. You know, when I got there, we had some really good players, uh, Temple City, like uh, Ralph Bercera and uh, Johnny Hugh. Um, and when I was in eighth grade, they had some really good players. I used to go there and watch the um, Johnson twins, Jason and Josh Johnson. Um, but I, so I when I got to Temple City High School, I played basketball. I played point guard and I was brought up to varsity as well. And so um you know kind of was a role player in the beginning and then I guess like, I got ended up starting um but it was it was fun um I ran track a little bit just in uh you know times where I could get away from baseball to go run track uh I would um but I guess looking back on it like in my football career if I was smart I would have ran track and not play baseball uh to help <laughs> me with my football career so yeah. it's just it's just funny so oh, we'll, yeah we'll see when my kids are in that position I'll be able to coach them the right way.
1: There you go. I I love it. When, when guys play multiple sports, I think it's, it's good for, for kids, especially not just be stuck on one, but to to bounce around and and try thing, things you're good at, things you're not good at. I think you you learn lessons either way. And, uh, I'm trying to think we, we might've played you guys in a summer basketball league. Uh, you, you may have been doing football stuff or whatever, but yeah, Temple city had some good, good shooters. Uh, one guy in particular, I can't remember his name, but you probably, you probably mentioned him there. Um, uh, since we were the same age and everything. So yeah, all, all the sports. Uh, I don't know what temple city is like currently, uh, there Desmond. Um, I think things have changed quite a bit might have to do with a lot of the participation, but, uh, uh, yeah, sure. my Rio and the Rams are playing this, this Friday night, man. Um, uh, so I'm glad that you're on here. We'll release this episode on game day on Friday, but do you ever get over to, uh, well you live in, I think Texas now, but do you ever get over, or have you been to over to Temple city in recent years?
0: No, I haven't been to a game, uh, probably since 2004 or 2005, maybe when I was still in college at SC, uh, sometimes I would go home. Uh, I think I went home for like the following year for like homecoming, uh, to watch one of the games, but I think that's the last time, either 2004, or 2005, it's the last time I've been to a home game or any type of Tennessee game. Last time I've been to a high school football game as well. I need to, I've been out here now in Texas for 11 years, almost 12, I believe, um, and I still haven't been to a high school game here either. Now, I need to, I've been talking about it for years, um, but it's its just haven't pulled the trigger and made it happen yet, so um, but yeah, I know Temple city has been struggling here in recent years with participation and getting numbers. And I think that in the whole program this year, I think they only have like 30, 30 players, 35 players, 40 players. So that's a very low number. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. And, um, you know, it seems to be that for the last couple of years, it's been around that, that number as well. And so it doesn't seem to be getting any better.
1: Well, and that has to do, you know, 30 or 40 that might seem like not a big deal to to some people out there especially small schools like Rio but this is coming from a student body of what over I mean I don't know how big at least over a thousand fifteen hundred kids maybe
0: yeah when I graduated we had 1600 kids a 400 inch class uh, so I'm guessing somewhere so around there um, and yeah so you would think you would have more more kids playing the sports uh, playing a sport that you can pick from but it's, it's slim pickings at Temple city. And uh, I'm just, I guess I'm still just thankful they still have a program.
1: Yeah. It's, it's sad, man. It's because some programs have uh, faded away just for lack of participation. You know, safety is always an issue too, but uh, it's sad because high school football, it still is, but it used to be so just, I don't know, community involved and just like, it was awesome. The whole school would come out. It's the only time you see the entire school at an event, really outside of school and uh so i've always had a, a big appreciation for it and i'm with you i want to get to texas sometime to see a high school football game just to hear what all the see what all the noise is about because uh it's it's, <laughs> on, it's on my bucket list for sure okay
0: well awesome well the anytime you uh when you come in town you can stay at my house oh uh, wow you got a free place to stay so oh
1: cool cool uh, I, I drove by i was driving through texas one year and and uh i had to stop by odessa and see that friday night light stadium in a uh, in, uh, in Permian or whatever that, that, that thing's a real deal. Rattless stadium, man, they build cathedrals out there for high school football stadiums. I
0: know it's yeah, it's wild. They built one a few years ago in um, Plano or Frisco. And it was like a $60 million stadium for high school football, brand new stadium. Uh, And then like a year later, it had foundation issues. Uh, So can you imagine that lawsuit, uh, you know, suing the, construction company or whoever that built the stadium. Um, And so I think they've gotten it fixed since, but um, it's pretty awesome to have something,
1: something like that. It is, uh, it is bigger than life out there. So yeah, I love the towns shutting down and all that. And we have so many high schools so close in proximity in Southern California that you don't really get that feel anymore. But, uh, oh, well, it is what it is. Uh, so fun game Friday night, real hondo prep, first Temple City High School, uh, local matchup, local flair matchup, the first time they've ever met in school history. So that should be a lot of fun. Um, Desmond, tell me about, you talked about your high school career. Um, as far as college offers went, you had a very successful career in your senior year specifically. Um, how did you end up deciding to go to USC? Were there other offers? I mean, this was right before the program took off. So... Did you want to stay home? Did you think about going elsewhere? Tell me about making that decision.
0: Well, it's funny because when I first moved to California, I was a UCLA fan. Oh, Um, really? Yeah. So I think it was just I like the colors of UCLA. Okay. Um, Temple City. So I played popcorn football for Temple City and then, you know, got to uh, high school. Uh, But our rivals were Arcadia. Arcadia has the same colors as USC. So I think I've always hated those colors because of (laughs) Arcadia. And um so starting from 10 years old, uh, you know, until I was 18 in high school. And um uh, but one thing that was really cool was that our band director went to USC. So every home game or every game we went to or every game we had, where they played the fight song come as we came out to the field. So I've always loved that fight song. So okay. uh and um but you know I, I had offers from a lot of different schools in the Pac 12 um see outside I guess Pac-10 back then outside of the Pac-10 you know I had um you know Florida um Nebraska Hawaii Michigan um uh and then I had Arkansas um so I I had a few schools outside of the Pac-12 I think I had almost every Pac-12 school besides like Oregon and um and Stanford I believe um, SC was kind of one of those late bloomers for me, uh, to offer me, um, and, uh, I still harass, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, still to this day that, you know, what took you guys so long, but I really, I chose SC because, um, they were just an upcoming program, you know, they had one good year. When I was a senior in high school, they had a really good year. They went 12 and one. That's when I had Carson Palmer and Troy Palomalu. Um, uh, they were both seniors as well, but, um, I chose SC for the connections for after school like after I graduate, mm. um, you know, because I was kind of realistic, you know, being a five nine guy, obviously I had dreams and aspirations to go to the league, the NFL, but um, still wanted to kind of set myself up for what happens if I don't go. And the connections that you have that the degree from SC uh, means a lot. And, um, and so I know that whatever program I went to, I would be able to contribute uh, I may not be a starter, but I know that I was going to be on that field. Some, somehow, some way, um, but that was one reason that was one thing that set SC apart from all the other schools I was looking at was how, how the alumni association and, and the connections, uh, went, um, for athletes or just, uh, students in general after you graduate.
1: Well, yeah. And then your family being able to see you, uh, you, you know, you can get to and from home pretty quick. I mean, staying yep. lo- local is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, truth be told, I was a UCLA fan growing up as well. And then, uh, cause I really only gone to ucla games the rose bowl and they had some good teams there in their late 90s and then uh, a few of my coaches took me to usc games was like wow yeah i much prefer this and uh and so there were there were some other elements too other reasons i switched uh uh anyway i may have been dating a girl who was really ucla big fan and when we broke up i was like that was my way of getting Uh, back you know what (laughs) fight on no no." (laughs) anyway that's a funny story uh that's awesome but never, never UCLA. They were, they never came knocking uh, at your door. Yeah, they, they
0: did, um, they did. And I went to a camp for UCLA. I was in eighth grade, heading to high school, and um, you, uh, what was it? Pete Hicks, Skip Hicks's brother. Um, no. Um, Skip Pete, Rodney Pete's brother. Oh, who's with Dallas now? That's yeah, with yeah. Dallas, yeah. Who's with Dallas now? He was a running back coach for UCLA at the time. And so, you know, he was riding me out to some scrub, you know, <laughs> get in line, run faster, you know, get up quicker, all that type of stuff. So um, uh, but it was it was a good camp. I it was an eye-opener. I got to see, you know, uh, how talented a lot of these recruits were. Uh, one guy I still remember, I don't remember his name, but he played, he played running back at Los Altos. Uh, that's where Sean Cody went to school. Um, and he was a he was a junior head into a senior year and this guy's footwork was amazing. Uh, you know I just, I just remember being blown away and you know I'm like, man how, you know how, how are you so good? you know what are you what are you doing? And he's like, we work on this all day long for the whole off season after practice, we have a gym. and I'm just thinking like all we have is you know we have like a you know, our weight room is, is tiny. We don't have a lot of equipment. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, it's sad to say, but it kind of at the time, it reminded me like a prison, you know, it's like, you know, uh, way too scarce and, you know, just, uh, not a lot of weights and not a lot of benches and all that as well. And we just had to make do what we had, but, um, uh, yeah, so it was, um, it was, you know, that, that opened my eyes about UCLA and kind of, also but you know what type of things i should be uh you know doing and kind of working on um but yeah they offered me but it uh they came um they they didn't show me the love like everyone else was showing me the love yeah no it was it was more like you know hey we're interested but uh you know we'll, we'll keep you on the back burner if like something else doesn't work out with some of these other athletes i think that's that's kind of feeling i got from them
1: sure sure so you go to sc and uh, Pete Carroll had just uh, recently uh, gotten there, and I think they had won the Orange Bowl against Iowa, right? And uh, yes. so you show up, and you played both ways in high school. And I believe your freshman year you redshirted in '03, but you were you were looking to play safety and cornerback. And did, yeah. did did that have anything to do with the fact that this guy named uh, Reggie Bush showed up on campus too?
0: Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Every school. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if 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 you're an athlete and you have a, you're up against a guy or an athlete like Reggie, uh, you probably should switch your position. But um, that wasn't my case. Uh, every school that recruited me recruited me as a defensive back for the most part. Mm-hmm. Some just recruited me as an athlete uh, just because I went both ways, and uh, you know also was a punt returner, kickoff returner, um, and so SC recruited me as a DB as well. And so when I got here, I played uh, defense. Um, I played safety. I played corner. They recruited me as a corner before I even got to campus. They moved me to safety um, and, uh, um, you know, in up red shirting. So the extra players that red shirt become scout team offense against our starting defense. Oh, yeah. So therefore, um, I was I was whatever team we were playing. I was the best player. So um, if we played Washington, you They had Stallback as their uh, quarterback. So I was a running quarterback, and I could throw the ball pretty well too. So um, when we played UCLA, I was Maurice Jones-Drew. When we played uh, Cal. I was um, Marshawn Lynch, or whoever it was. Um, and so I did really well in offense, and actually I did really well in offense to where they decided to move my position to offense. So, wow. So I actually joined the running back room after they had Reggie and Lindell already on on the team.
1: What a great story for those guys out there who maybe are frustrated that they're not getting an opportunity uh, or they're, they're being asked to do something they they don't want to do playing scout team. And just to, just to take advantage of what's in front of you because you never know someone's going to notice someone's going to notice great effort, effort and excellence. And uh, man, what a great story. Then you get to be in the running back room with two of the best running backs in us history in Lindell and Reggie Bush.
0: And then they have a, uh, you know, Herschel Dennis was there. Chauncey Washington was there. Herschel Dennis, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, so we had a really, really big um, – uh, um, David Kurtman was the, was the fullback. Lee Webb was a fullback. So we had a really uh, – Brandon Hancock was our fullback. So we had a really great wow. running back room. Uh, plus we're learning from one of the best, Todd McNair, uh, who's now the running back coach for Tampa Bay Bucks, won a Super Bowl last year. Um, so – He was a big special teams guy, third down running back uh, as well. He played for Kansas City Chiefs for 10 years, uh, captain and and such. Never started. So that just tells you what type of person he was. So when I say he was a dog, he was a dog. I mean, he (laughs) got after it every chance he got. He played every special teams. And he never started running back. So, you know, that's a big deal when you can stay on a 53-man roster um, for that many years and not be a starter. Um, So it it was a great – a great opportunity for me to learn from him, learn the game from him, uh, all the ins and outs about, you know, being a true college football player uh, from, from a guy like him. So it was, it was a great experience.
1: That's incredible. And and that was at a time where USC defensively, was really what was kind of putting them on the map and then the, the flash and the, the big plays and everything kind of did during that era. But when it first started, man, I just remember the defense, no one could get uh, yards on SC it seemed like. And so uh, I got to ask you this. I know you ended up eventually playing running back, a lot of kick returns. What did you, you played both ways high school. What did you like? better? Did you like defense better? Did you like offense better? Or was it kind of right down the middle? You know,
0: I love hitting people. Um <laughs> Uh, but as much as I love hitting people in contact, I love having a ball in my hands. That was, that's my most favorite of all time. So uh, I I enjoy running back a lot better, uh, a lot more than I did defense. Um, Just because I love having a ball in my hands and making moves, uh, you know, I guess taking back to, you know, being a a kid and, you know, you know, you throw the ball up in the air, like it's a touch, you know, winning touchdown pass or you're getting a, a kick return and, um, you know, you throw the ball up in the air and now you catch it and you're counting down. I got 10 seconds to get from here to the end zone. And, uh, you know, that's kind of kind of what I would would uh, imagine, you know, being out on that field. And um, yeah, I, I love having the ball in my hands. And so, uh, you know, I still get the contact aspect of it being a running back because <laughs> yeah. everyone's trying to hit me too. And, um, you know, I, 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 thrive, uh, I thrive in moments like that.
1: Oh, definitely. And I think you, you, uh, you got a lot of carries over the years, but I think your, your most significant role for the Trojans was as a kick returner punts and kickoffs, uh, 1,212 all purpose yards uh, during your career. Uh, some, some big return. Again, you're, you're in the same room as as those guys you mentioned. It's tough to, to, yeah. to get carries. So um, uh, during your, you see, Oh, three, you red shirt, so 04, 05, 06, and so you were, you were on the uh, the national championship teams, the the one that uh, where you guys beat Michigan in the Rose Bowl and were declared national champs. Next year you came back, left no doubt, crushed Oklahoma in the title game, 13 and 0, and then uh, played in that, that infamous Rose Bowl game against Texas uh, that unfortunately you guys lost. But I mean, what was it? That was like the peak of the Pete Carroll era. I mean, what yeah. was it like to just be a part of all that?
0: Well, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is that, you know, even though we're winning so much, uh, but when you're in it, you don't realize how special it is until, until afterwards. You know, like it was awesome. Everyone knew who we were. You know, we would go to, you know, um, like bars or clubs in Hollywood and stuff. And cause at that time, what people don't realize is that we didn't have an NFL team um you know and so we were kind of we were kind of the nfl team of la and uh so we got that type of love when we went out and um you know when you see you know you watch the 30 for 30 and you're seeing all these different celebrities that are going to the games and getting to meet them and you know uh different people came to to speak to us as well during our meetings and stuff like you know we had shannon sharp we had will farrow we had um uh, we had, you know, Marcus Allen, some of these other greats running a lot, come in and speak to us as well. And, um, you know, it was, it was just special, uh, you know, and, um, you know, everyone wants to be around winners and, uh, you know, when you're winning like that, you know, everyone's it's all fun and games. It's all happiness. It's all great. It's all love. And, uh, you know, we just roll that wave and, uh, you know, we put the work in, don't be, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. We put the work in, um, The thing that made us so great is that the recruits that we brought in on both sides of the ball made us better. You know, when you look at all the guys that were drafted and you see, you see this happening now with Alabama and and LSU and some of these big time programs now where everyone's getting drafted on a team, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, even later rounds too, but you'll see a top, you'll see a top uh, defensive, uh, you know, interior uh, tackle. Well, when you look at the offensive line he's going against, they're probably amazing too, and they're good draft. And those guys just playing against each other all day long, you know, makes them better. You know, you look at Cedric Ellis, you know, drafted in the top ten, and then uh, going against him was Ryan Khalil, you know, who had like a what ten plus year, a ten year career in NFL. Uh, you know, I think he was drafted second round, maybe. Um, you know, Sam Baker. Uh, you know, Lawrence Jackson, Frosty Rucker, Sean Cody, uh, all of these guys. And then you look at our running backs and our linebackers, uh, you know, Keith Rivers, Ray Malaluga, Clay Matthews, uh, Kaluka Myaga, uh, um And then you look at our running backs, Reggie Bush, Lindell White, you know, it, we just made each other better. And Pete Carroll found a great way to get us to compete day in and day out. And, um, you know, it just, it, we, we let it all go on the field when we got to play our opponents. And, you know, we won a lot of games.
1: What, what was Pete Carroll like on a daily basis? I mean, he, he got the best out of you guys. Did, was he about, I know he was big on competition, but was he, was he big on just let's be loose, have some swagger, uh, handle business. I mean, take, take us into one of Pete Carroll's meeting rooms, if you would.
0: Well, Pete was always a fun guy. I would, I would say he's a player's coach where, you know, anytime he comes around, hey, Des, you know, you're fired up today. You know, how's your family? How are you feeling today? You know, um, that type of thing. Great run or great return or whatever, uh, you know, it, it is. But he's always fun, energetic, happy. Um, uh, and he lets your position coach be uh, be the, the big disciplinary guys. Um, you know, Ed O'Geron, uh, Todd McNair, um, uh, um, the linebackers coach Ken Norton Jr., you know, those guys were the guys that jumped on your throat when you mess up or make a mistake, and Pete's just coming around, you know, he's happy-go-lucky. Um, and when you're an underclassman, you don't realize that everything they're saying is coming from Pete Carroll's mouth. Uh, but, you know, as you start to get older, you realize that, and you're like, okay, so he's cussing me out, so that means Pete Carroll's cussing me out. So I don't <laughs> like Pete either, you know? like. <laughs> screw you too, Pete, you know? Uh, So, so it's pretty funny, but yeah, he, he was that charismatic guy, uh, lots of energy and, you know, he got us prepared and ready to go.
1: That was such a fun time to watch, man, because you guys, you guys went places and just uh, dominated. I mean uh, the, the big Notre Dame game uh, the Bush push game. I mean, that's still one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Uh, It looked to be so loud, so crazy. I mean, uh, do do you have memories of that game in South Bend that day?
0: Yeah, I got a ton of memories of of that game because I actually tore my ACL uh, during that game as well. Oh, wow. ACL, LCL, MCL, everything but the PCL. Um, I I tore my hamstring ligament, um, which is the tendon on the, uh, you know, it goes from your hamstring over to the side of your your leg, um, it controls the flexion of your foot. So I, after that I had drop foot, but um, you know, it was an electrifying game starting with the day before we get there on a Friday, um, we show up to the stadium always, uh, you know, look at the stadium, go play catch on the field and all of that. And, um, you know, we get there and they have fans that are waiting for us. So they're actually kind of down probably a hundred yards from the bus you know, all of a sudden we stop where we stop and they come over they're running towards our bus and they're holding up signs and yelling at us. You know, they had a sign of OJ Simpson (laughs) and uh, all of that as well. And, um, you know, and so that kind of got us going from right there at that moment. You know, we're already excited to be going there, but, you know, that added a little bit of more, uh, a little bit more, um, uh, you know, uh, excitement to the environment. And then, you know, we get inside the stadium. We notice it got long grass inside the stadium. We're like, oh, this is horse crap. You know, they're just (laughs) doing this on purpose. It's kind of a little bit of a soggy field as well. And, um, uh, you know, game starts and rolls around. I have a big kickoff return uh, in the first quarter. I think it was like 46 yards or something like that. And, uh, you know, that kind of got us going. And, you know, I believe I had a second one that was pretty decent as well. Uh, but then, you know, I was going back for another kickoff return and, um, you know, we had switched end zones and they kicked the ball to me and I realized that it was um, going to get stuck in the wind and it was going to go over my head. So I turned to try to go, uh, you know, backtrack and, and set up for for the ball and uh, stepped down and hyperextended my knee and tore, tore my knee up. And so, um, you know, and, you know, Charlie Weiss was in a newspaper, I think like, the week of or a few days after the game and he discussed that they grew the grass out to slow us down so he admitted it um, but they had i think three players go down with knee injuries that same game and uh two toward acls and one just had a knee injury um so you know i, I kind of feel bad for those guys too because they must know that they grew up the grass on purpose to slow us down too and that's kind of probably the reason why they got hurt as well
1: Wow. That's, that's so unfortunate. Uh, you know, just trying to any, anything they could do to, uh, to win a game. Unfortunately, they did not win that day. And uh, <laughs> uh, wild. I remember I was in, I got home from something and was watching the fourth quarter, standing in my living room by myself when uh, Matt Leonard hit Dwayne Jarrett on that fourth and 10. And I was just losing my mind. And then just a wild, wild game. Uh, ironically, you know, Charlie Weiss ended up hurting his knee uh, either later that year or a year later, getting, getting rolled on a, on a big play. <laughs> So I don't know. uh, Sometimes payback. What comes around goes around, right? (laughs) Goes around. Exactly,
0: (laughs) exactly, and uh, and and I agree with you on that. Uh, It was returned. That energy was returned to him, Um, uh, and um, um, uh, also too. uh, You know, the end of that game was just ridiculous. Uh, You know, packed stadium. Both teams are going back and forth, uh, scoring left and right. And um, uh, and uh, you know with the type the ending that happened with you know uh, Matt Liner fumbling out of bounds, their whole their whole uh, student body rushes the field uh, as the time kind of ran off the clock. Uh, but the uh, referees had to go back and review the play and realize we had three seconds left. The announcers had to call over you know over the speakers get off the field and. They got off the field, they just got off the playing field, but they stayed on the sidelines. So those, all those fans were still on the field. Um, and then we get one more play, and that was a push-push. You know, Reggie pushes Matt into the end zone. You know, we win the game, and, uh, you know, it was one of the best games, uh, you know, in history of college football. And it just made it that more, that much more special that they all ran onto the field. And they had to get off the field. And then we win on the next play, and just watch the energy and the air in the crowd in that stadium just be, you know, let loose, and uh, we just celebrated all night long. So yeah. it, was, it was amazing.
1: <laughs> watch this up close, Irish. Uh, yeah, you get to watch this. Uh, <laughs> watch this happen to you up close and personal. That's hilarious. Uh, you guys had some incredible games. I remember Virginia Tech, uh, Arkansas, some fun, fun games that just you went and like beat teams, just like it was just a swagger like they couldn't lose and then uh, uh, unfortunately uh, you talk about biggest games in college football history you guys get to the 05 season dominate get to the national championship game January of 06 uh, you run into those Texas Longhorns you guys had a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter I mean you lost that night uh, what are your memories of one of you know that was a loss but again one of the biggest games in college football history to ever be played.
0: Yeah. So the the thing was too, is that uh, when we played Notre Dame, so that was a Bush push year, the same year, year. the same season that we lost to UT. Uh, So we were both, I think one and two headed into that game, uh, USC, Notre Dame. They were saying whoever won that game would probably win a national championship. Um, And so we won, right. We go to national championship playing UT. Uh, You know, they got really great players as well. Uh, but so I had tore my ACL that year, so I didn't play in the game, but so I kind of have like a front row seat on the sideline. Um, and you know, we were controlling that game. Uh, you know, we kind of jumped out on them a little bit and, um, you know, a little bit of fighting back and forth, but we were in control, you know, being up by 12 points, I think with three minutes left to go in the game and we have the ball. It's pretty impressive to lose that, uh, you know, lose that game, we, didn't even think that would be possible. Uh, but then, you know, it's fourth down, three minutes left to go. We have the ball. We run a play with Reggie Bush up, or Lindell White up the middle. Uh, and uh, I guess our offensive lineman had a little bit of issues here in the snap count and didn't move right away when the ball was snapped. And, you know, their defensive end kind of crashed down on that side of the, of the line, on the left side of the line, and, uh, you know, stopped Lindell. But, and Reggie was off the field, so then, you know, that was kind of, you know, a what if situation to um, what if you had Reggie Bush on the play as a decoy, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, uh, that was spread out the field a little bit more and leave some room for Lindell to run the ball. And, um, uh, you know, but then they, 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 uh, you know, UT kind of did their thing and made some big plays and then you finish it off with uh, Vince Young, you know, running into the, the corner of the end zone. So that was, that was big, but there was also a, Couple of controversial plays on that in that game oh, yeah. as well. Um, uh, you know, um, Reggie Bush pushing, uh, pitching the ball back to one of our receivers that wasn't ready for the ball. Um, Vince Young had a play where they ran an option play uh, on their side towards their sideline around the thirty-yard line. He gets tackled His and he is down. down. Yeah. He pitches the ball. They score. They could have scored a few plays later, maybe. But the thing is that that play should have been called back in that. Uh, you know, we should have got another chance at that as well. So, um, you know, I think there was one other controversial play, but that one, that big play right there stands out to me because he was clearly down, his knee was down and he had the ball still in his hand before he pitched it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a tough one. And, you know, unfortunately that's, that's football. Crazy things happen that you can't explain that, that make no sense. And, and that's just how the ball bounces sometimes. Uh, I, I do know that like a lot of people were, were critical of Coach Carroll for that decision. Uh, my thought was it's easy to criticize when something doesn't work. But I for look sure. at it and I'm like, you know what? That was the right play. I, there was because if you give the ball back to Vince Young after the way the night had gone, he's probably going to go up the field and score. If you get this first down, you win a national championship and there was nobody better on earth in short yardage than Lendale white at that time. Yeah. Reggie Bush was a big play guy, but you needed two yards and Lendale was the guy. And uh, it's interesting to hear it. I had never heard it said that way, where there was an alignment who hurt something, you know, didn't quite get the, the jump on the ball. Yeah. So that's football, man. What can you say?
0: It is. It is. And uh, unfortunately it didn't go our way that night, but, um, I think if we play that game 10 times, we win it eight times. Oh, uh, That's just – it's easy to say now, and that's my feeling about it. But, um, you know, that, that was just – you know, to to dominate the game like we did and to lose it, uh, that that one's going to stick with me forever.
1: Yeah, and the Rose Bowl right there in our backyard. And, oh, man, that was that yeah. was a tough one for sure. But and a three-peat.
0: I, ain't going for a three-peat. 3 so man. Adds more flair to it.
1: Oh, you're right. Now, now I'm going to – now I'm going to drown myself in the sorrows tonight thinking about that game. It's only been 16 years, uh, but, uh, no longer, yeah, no longer 16 years. So, uh, anyway, um, y- we talked about your injury. Um, I think I-, I brought your name up to a few people. Um, Another friend of mine, Chris Fisher, who was uh, he got into broadcasting and he he's now the play-by-play guy for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but uh, oh, wow. he was he was around the program at the time and and everything and and so one of the things he said and a few other people have said is, oh, Desmond Reed, man, he battled through injuries and <laughs> and and to your credit, you ripped up your knee there in in oh five and you bounced back and you were able to play more. So uh, talk to me about getting through that gruesome of an injury, really. Coming back, getting back to get back on the football field.
0: Yeah. So the the thing about it is that the um, the easiest part was the AC, like the ACL, MCL, LCL. Like, that was the easiest part, and I recovered from that like normal. I was back during uh, drills with the rest of my football team during that summer uh, in five months. Um, and but I still had nerve damage, so uh, I was. I think there was two other players before me that actually played football after um, having, uh, damaged their nerve to control the flexion of the foot. So playing with drop foot. Uh, so we really, there wasn't a lot of knowledge out there or information on how to, what braces to use, how to tape up my ankle, how, you know, what type of systems to, to strengthen, um, even though you can't really strengthen the nerve, but it was, you know, trying to just get back to normal. And so we kind of had to come up with our own stuff. And, um, you know, I was able to find a brace that would help me, uh, that would, So I would tape my ankles, then I would put a brace that kind of, uh, it was kind of like an ankle strap. And then I would put another, like, small little uh, plastic piece underneath my shoelaces, tie my shoes real tight, and it had had elastic on it. So then you would take my ankle like this, and that strap would then click into that, into um, the two pieces would click together. And I would kind of hold my foot up a little bit more. And then I would tape my cleat on top of that. So there's a lot of pressure. Um, but it was able to work. Um, you know I, I don't think I kind of um, lost a little bit of a step like as far as quickness um, but you know it was that's just my mentalities. It's, it's uh, find a way to find a way and um, you know I'm gonna find a way to get back on the field I'm gonna find a way to improve my lifestyle when it comes to you know playing football and um, you know I'm gonna continue to grind like I've always done and and, uh, and yeah, so it was, it was very tough. It was, it was a foreign situation as well. Um, but it was necessary for me to keep playing and that's what I was going to do.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha, man. So you came back, played uh, there in 06 and I believe 07. And most of what you did again, was kick, kick returning. Um, and so, I mean, what, what are the kind of the memories there at the end of that possible three you finished out your USC career um, yeah. you guys didn't really get a shot at a title again, but, uh, you know, the, I guess the back end there of your, your USC career as it ended, what are kind of some of your memories there?
0: Well, one thing I forgot to mention too, is that one of the hardest parts about my injuries kind of like, uh, I was written off too, for a little bit, like, uh, all the doctors said I wouldn't play again. Um, you know, so I had to get a second opinion, third opinions for different docs outside of SC's doctors. Uh, They kind of, they cleared me. SC's doctors wouldn't clear me. And so our coaching staff, they kind of went out and we brought in four of the running backs that year, Uh, you know, and so I was kind of forgotten about, but, you know, kind of wanted to prove myself and get back on the field and show them that I still had it. And so, yeah, I I didn't get as much carries as I did before, previous, but I would still get a couple of carries a game. Um, And, uh, you know, it was, yeah, I was taking what was given to me, right, and trying to do the best with my situation, Um, but as far as, uh, what was your last question?
1: Oh, just kind of getting, you know, finishing up your USC career. I mean, uh, uh, what you, you know, your 06, 07, what that was like, cause a lot of right. those guys had graduated or went to the NFL. So, uh, you were, you were still there and kind of, you know, tell me what that was like for you finishing up your yeah. USC career.
0: Yeah. So, um, I still had some of the guys that, uh, also redshirted with me the first year. And so we all still graduated together with Lawrence Jackson, Terrell Thomas, um, you know, Chauncey Washington, uh, you know, some of those guys, Cedric, Cedric Ellis as well. He redshirted. Sam Baker, um, I believe was still there. So I saw some of those guys. So, you know, it was, it was just different. Um, you know, our job then was to teach these young guys, uh, you know, the roles of, you know, being a USC football player and what that meant and uh, you know our work ethic and kind of our, you know, grinding, grinding until, you know, until you can't grind anymore and um, and uh, just being hard nosed football players and uh, you know, We never got back to a title game, but we were ranked number one, I believe, or within the top three, top two uh, for those last two years at some point. Um, One year we lost to Stanford, uh, you know, on a a deep fade route late in the game. Uh, Another year we lost to UCLA in the last – in the fourth quarter, they scored or whatever. I think we lost them like thirteen and nine.
1: Thirteen to nine that game, yeah. I remember Yeah, that. so yeah. I,
0: I think we were ranked number one in, in the nation. So we would have went to, and it was the last game of the season. We would have went to national championship if we didn't lose that game.
1: That's right. They knocked um, them out.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they knocked us out. So, so every year we still we were still up there, and so it was still fun. It was still, uh, you know, obviously when you look at you know winning two national championships and losing to Texas on the, on the third. Well, we were still in a place every year to get to the to the big game. And um, so we were still finding it out. It's not like the program just dropped off and, yeah. you know, we, we only won five games a year, but we were still, we're still a powerhouse. And, uh, you know, we were still trying to, to um, you know, put our names in the record books or winning a championship. So it was fun. Um, you know, we battled it out and we lost a couple of close ones there. And, uh, you know, uh, we still played good, solid Trojan football.
1: Mm, well, I, I know fans would uh, definitely love to have those times back, uh, just being in the mix, competing, right, for Pac 12 championships and national championships and just Rose Bowls. I mean, just the consistency there. Uh, I heard a stat, someone said this, that USC has not won the Pac 12 in 10 years, 12 years, I think, or something like that. Or maybe I could have been wrong. There was something I heard, some crazy stat like that. I was like, what? That doesn't sound um, right. Um, it
0: doesn't sound right. I feel like we. Oh, you know what? Yeah. It it does sound like it, actually, because we won the South a couple times over the last like five years or so. Uh, but no, we haven't won the Pac twelve, I don't think.
1: Which, that's just crazy to me, man. That is, is just so crazy. How how does that happen? I mean, it that's that's what's what's been so frustrating, is dropping off off the map here. Uh I, I just can't even I can't fathom yeah. it's gotta be frustrating for you as a former player.
0: Yeah, it, it's frustrating because, you know, we've had some decent coaches. It's just they haven't, you know, Kiffin was a good coach. I think he's a better coach now because he's learned a lot, learned a lot from Nick Saban, too. Um, you know, obviously learned a lot from Pete Carroll. But, uh, you know, he's a great offensive of mind. But, you know, I don't think he had he, – I really don't know. I, I think that discipline was a big thing for him, too, uh, and that he didn't instill that into his players uh, enough. Uh, and then, you know, we hired Sark and, you know, he kind of went through his issues and, uh, you know, faced his demons a little bit there. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, and that kind of affected his coaching style. Cause he's, he's a more, he's a tougher coach than I believe than Kiffin was. Um, and he kind of demanded more from players and priest discipline and all of that. And, um, but I think his off the field uh, issues is what cost him and uh, our program for being successful uh, and in Helton, you know, not having a discipline there and uh, that that really that really, you know, you're only as good as is your worst player. And uh, when you don't have guys of discipline and, and uh, playing assignment football, um, you know, you can't win games. Yeah, you're going to you're going to win some games because we have a lot of talent team. But so it's close games, you lose the games you should win. You don't win um and then obviously when you play a powerhouse you you get exposed too so um yeah it's really true and um you know uh all of these last three coaches have had good opportunities it's just something was a little off with every coach and so we haven't been back to the dominant program like like we're we're used to or accustomed to or like that we had when i was back in school and uh we're hoping that the next the next hire will will be a tough nosed coach and, uh, you know, can get us back to playing good assignment football.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and to, for correction here. Yeah, it was, it was, that's what I heard. USC has won one PAC 12 title in the last 12 wow. years. So the recent one was 17 and they have not won a PAC 12 oh. title before yeah. that since 08. So yeah. uh, crazy t- one title. One This is just a conference title in 12 years. That's just not up to standards. For, for usc uh and let me see one, two, three, one.
0: yeah that was Sam donald's year
1: uh that's right that's right yeah and then i mean from from 2002 through 2008 one two three four five six you're looking at seven pac 12 titles in 10 years yeah. or whatever or yeah. excuse me oh two to oh wait not that uh whatever that is excuse me but yeah. um uh, so just, it was consistent. You were always in the mix, even if you didn't win the conference. So, but now it's just like, oh man, that's like a, a big goal now.
0: Yeah. And actually I forget about Sam Darnold. Like, I don't know how I forget about him, but cause he's what put us back on the map and won the Rose bowl, uh, you know, beat Penn state and that comeback. Uh, but Sam Darnold is the reason why played health and even got, um, got the extension has been an SC for so long. Cause let's not forget Sam Darnold wasn't even a starter that year. It was nope. the third game of the season. I think we had lost Alabama in first game. And we were one and two, I believe, heading into the third game. And then they put Sam Darnold in, and he just changed our whole program just like that. We won the Rose Bowl, I think, that year as that well, was if I'm yeah. not mistaken.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and then the next year we had a pretty decent year because uh, he came back again, I think, for his junior year or senior year. Um, and it, we just put a lot of wins on a board, right? I think we we're like 10 and 2 or something like that. Uh and so that made Clay Helton look better than what he was. And but it was really Sam because if he didn't play Sam, uh, you know, we don't win we don't win the games that we did. And uh I think that just made him look better. Obviously, when there's a good quarterback, there's always a good record for the most part. Um, and it's not always the coach that's a part of that's the reason why. And oh, yeah. I think I think that's been Clay has kind of been exposed a little bit. Um, in that. When you when you separate, when you separate, that's that's another thing. When you separate the wins that he got with Sam Darnold compared to the, the losses beforehand or whatever else, I think he has a losing record.
1: Yeah. And the losses have just been so bad there. It's, I mean, there's not really, you know, I don't like being that, Oh, it was a good loss or a bad win. it's really no such thing, but the, the, sure. the, the, losses have been awful. They haven't been one, one point, uh, you know, last second field goal losses, they've been blowouts, not even close. And that's just crazy. I I can't believe they didn't fire him after that five and seven season a couple of years ago. So, uh, yes, sir. But, but finally what's done is done. Um USC football, hopefully we'll make a return to uh, greatness here. Uh, soon probably not this year if I'm honest but uh, hopefully very very soon yeah. uh, so talk to me about after college Desmond um, did you get some opportunities uh, to, to potentially play professional football did you get a look in the NFL at all yeah
0: so um, i ended up going to camp with Seattle Seattle Seahawks uh, this is before Pete Carroll's time so Mike Holmgren was still the head coach there I uh, went to camp with them uh, but ended up getting cut um, they were the only team to kind of really take a risk on me uh, you know having the lingering nerve Uh, nerve damage issues uh, with drop foot, Um, you know, like even still to this day, I probably only have around 70 to 75% flexion in my right foot compared to my left. Um, So it just means like if you're sitting down on the ground uh, and they ask you to point your feet to the sky, my left foot can be straight up and down. So my toes will be pointed up to the sky and my right foot will be, you know, somewhere around here. So I can't bring it all the way up it would stay around there. That's the highest I can bring it up. Um, so um, I went to campus Seattle ended up getting cut. I was close. I, my agent was in contact with the Pittsburgh Steelers the year they won a Super Bowl. It uh, was it 08, 09. Um, and uh, he called me, told me, get ready. Uh, you know, they might uh, want to bring you in uh and um he ended up calling me back and said they, they went with someone else and so they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year too so that would have been amazing but um you know it was great it was a great experience for me to be up in Seattle kind of see what real NFL talent is like I got to see that I was good enough but to be honest with you um I got to see that I was good enough to, to actually make the squad but I think just due to my lingering injuries um you know why take a risk on a guy that has linger injuries and nerve damage when you can find someone just as good with no, no injuries at all. Um, it's fully healthy. And, um, uh, but at the same time too, it was, it was a lot easier for me to move on from the game, knowing that I had those injuries. And that's the reason why I'm not getting picked up or not getting a, a real shot or a real offer. Um, you know, I've had some of my teammates that, you know, they were really good and, and probably talented enough to play the NFL. And they did play for a couple of years, but even after they got cut, They kept trying every year, you know, for five, six, six years down the road. And, uh, you know, they didn't really build a career for themselves. And so um, they were kind of stuck with, you know, finding their identity. And so for me, it was a lot easier for me to move on because I knew that, you know, my injuries is the reason why I'm not getting
1: picked up. Well, it's unfortunate that uh, most football careers come to it. Well, they all do uh, at some point and uh, yours probably earlier than you wanted, but, you know, all for good reason. And uh, it's nice to know that, you know at the end of the day you you knew hey you could probably compete it and kept it going but uh just just uh you know sidelined uh, uh, you know no pun intended just with injuries so uh man you had a great career you had uh you put man you played alongside some amazing talent nfl guys was it was it different going to that training camp when you're around all nfl guys versus uh nfl guys that you had been playing with for four years
0: yeah it was a little different it felt <laughs> a little faster in the NFL but I think too it's just because I didn't know the playbook and and yeah. all of that as well um I think that was a big reason of it so I didn't really get a true feel for what it's like because I wasn't seasoned I guess and uh, you know I'm still thinking about where I run in this play who do I block uh, so it's so it's so fast uh, but but yeah every every person there is top talent in the NFL compared to college where you know you may have some guys in certain positions that you know, aren't really NFL guys. Uh, uh, but every player in NFL, obviously, an NFL guy and their talent level is is crazy. Um, and so, yeah, because yeah, people say this all the time where you see, you know, people at the end of the year go, okay, well, Jacksonville last year lost every game. I bet Alabama could beat them. No, they can't. doesn't even come close. It doesn't come close because the talent level, the weight these guys weigh in the NFL, the strength of these guys, the speed of those guys, um, every position you have guys that are top tier talent. And, uh, that's, that's how I felt it in, in Seattle.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, uh, after, uh, the playing days are over, tell me about life after football for you and, and kind of, uh, you know, the past, whatever it's been 10, almost over 10 years now and, and kind of yeah. what you're, what you're doing currently. Well, uh,
0: so life after football, I ended up moving to Texas, uh, when I graduated economy had crashed, right. So I didn't make it in Seattle. Moved back to California, um, you know, uh, at the time, my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, she was in law school here at SMU in Dallas. Uh, she's from Houston originally. Uh, so I, I decided that uh, the market in, in Texas was still kind of strong. I guess oil and gas kept the market up. So I decided to move to Texas, um, you know, kind of worked my way up. I worked in sales. Then I worked my way up to like a medical device sales. Uh, so I worked there in that industry for around eight years or so. So total knee and total hip implants um and then kind of switched gears around 3 years ago um i got two kiddos now uh, 8 year old little girl 5 year old little boy um and so now i work at smu southern methodist university um as the uh associate director of recruitment for um the engineering department so uh, i've been here for a couple of years now uh, i enjoy it enjoy what i do um and uh, it's a little bit slower paced than uh then i guess kind of what i'm accustomed to as far as the medical device sales but it's uh it's got its own uh pros and cons as well so i'm family man now man and uh you know just trying to um you know move my way up in life and uh uh you know um enjoy what i do
1: well that's awesome man Uh, the family life there especially living in texas man because california here is is a little rough (laughs) just uh with uh, a lot of different things. So, um, man, I, I envy you living out there and in, in Texas, good good state out there with the opportunities for sure. Um, it, this has been a lot of fun, Desmond. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me and, and talk football and talk USC and, and your playing career and just all your experiences. Uh, and of course, your time at Temple City High as, uh, you know, our alma mater's clash uh, this Friday night. So uh, any any parting thoughts or words of wisdom to uh, send us uh, off on here, Desmond?
0: <laughs> uh you know what live every day like it's your last um mm. you know put your, you put your mind to something uh you know anything is possible if you put your mind to it and put effort into it as well Um, uh, you know don't be afraid to start something today you know um everyone wants to say you know when i'm ready or when i have this together or when i could you know be in the right position to to, to do this do it today um that's what i'll leave you with
1: Oh, I love it, man. What a great, great way to, to send us off. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Big thanks to Sean O'Leary. Uh, good friends with uh, Mr. Desmond Reed here. And this has been so much fun and can't wait to put this episode out on Friday, but right before the big game between Temple city and Rio Hondo prep Desmond Reed, it's been a pleasure, man. All
0: uh, right. Thank you, Matt. Fight on.
1: Fight on. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I am sure ready for some football, whether it be high school football, college football. I am just so jacked up. That was so much fun talking with USC running back Desmond Reed back from the old, uh, heyday, the great days, USC, hopefully will have here on the horizon. And of course his days at temple city as a temple city high Ram, uh, one of their top alumni uh, playing football back in the day. And, uh, Man, yeah, I think it's a great time for us to release this episode on Friday, right before the Real Hondo Prep Temple City game. Very fitting indeed. So, big thanks to Desmond Reed and my good friend, Sean O'Leary, for putting this all together, who was on the podcast briefly on Monday uh, with the Real Hondo Prep Preview Show with Mark Carson. So, thanks, thanks all around. Desmond Reed, Sean O'Leary, I was excited about doing this, and uh, it absolutely delivered. So, I hope you guys out there listening enjoyed it as much as I did here in talking with Desmond Reed that will wrap up today's show guys uh the real Honda prep first temple city game is tonight at in Irwindale care park I believe unless I'm unless I'm a mistake in there I don't think it's an away game but I've been wrong before either way a local game two local schools playing should be a lot of fun and uh it does look like it is a home game so it'll be in Irwindale there at Care Park um Desmond Reed uh Temple City alum uh thanks again for joining us and to Sean O'Leary looking forward to recapping the game on Monday with head coach Mark Carson and of course you know the rest of our schedule is Bill Barnes the retired cops here on Wednesday and more great interviews ahead on Friday uh already have recorded a few have stockpiled them Got to tell you, some of my favorite episodes upcoming here on Fridays with uh, long-form interviews and conversations with, with new guests every week. So thanks for all the support, guys. I encourage you, after you hear this, uh, to, and if you watch the Real Hondo game, send us a voice message with your initial thoughts uh, after the game or send us an e- email. You want uh, things to be said or questions for head coach Mark Carson on Monday's show. Get those in right away. You can see that information in the episode notes or email us at get home, podcast at yahoo.com. Follow us on social media, our Facebook and Instagram account is get home, Safe podcast. You'll see photos of upcoming guests on Thursdays, usually, and all additional uh, other information we post on Facebook, usually Twitter handle, get home, Safe pod, same thing there. And of course our podcast email, get home, save podcast at yahoo.com. We hope for, we hope we hear, we hear from you guys. Let's keep this thing going. I'm ready for kickoff. Let's get going. Let's kick this football off Friday. Let's kick it off Saturday. Football all weekend, all season long. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Guys, enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekend. And as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.